And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello and welcome to the latest Laz and Powers podcast. I am Mark Lazarus of The Athletic, joined by Scott Powers of The Athletic in my home in the wilds of Northwest Indiana. Thanks for making the trek. Yeah, out it's. Uh, I said God bless you for making this drive all the time. It's. Uh, this is when I listen to my podcast. Like that's what I miss when the season's not happening. Is yeah. like when am I going to find forty minute segments to listen to all the podcasts <laughs> I listen to, all the Ringerverse ones, and you know uh, Elliot and Merrick, and you know all those ones that I listen to, and like, all the Athletic podcasts. Uh, yeah, all of them, all every single one of them. I listen. I never miss Hogan Johns. I don't listen to that one. Oh. I just buy all the merch. Yes. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're sitting here. Uh, we're joined by uh, my daughter's Bernie and Thunderbug mascots. Uh, the Stanley Cup final obviously going on. My daughter's very excited because Bernie is one of her holy triumvirate of mascots. It's Bernie. It's Carlton in Toronto. And it's Stormy in Carolina. That's her holy trio. My older daughter who started this whole mascot thing, hers is Howler. Uh, the poor coyotes are never relevant, but... My daughter came running downstairs uh, this morning and asked, who won the game? It's the first time she's ever expressed any interest in anything hockey. So I was excited uh, that she cared, but she only cared because she was happy. I thought, I thought the Colorado was going to run away with that game. It, it looked like it, didn't yeah. it? Two goals early on. I mean. I still think they're going to run away with this series. Like I think They are. <sighs> yeah, we talked about this on the Athletic Hockey Show yesterday. And this really has that 2015 vibe to it in some ways where like the Lightning or the Blackhawks, this grizzled experienced team that's just on fumes but is so good and so just they're winning on sheer will yeah the Blackhawks were not the better team in so many of those series but they won on sheer force of will and that's how Tampa's I feel like Tampa I, I don't think there was a, as team team as good enough as good as Colorado wasn't like it was Tampa but, but Tampa was that young team trying to break through yeah. right they were like the next big thing and that was my question going who was, into who's series. the president's trophy winners in 15 oh god Sure as hell wasn't the Blackhawks. They were like the six seed. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't care at all about seed because it didn't matter to them. But like, uh, you know, Colorado's like the, like where Tampa was, where they're the young next big team. And, you know, is this going to be the year that they win the championship and become and enter that pantheon? Or is this going to be the year that they learn to win that all? The Rangers. It was the Rangers, really? In yeah. 2015? Mm-hmm. Wow. I did not. I mean, they went to the final the year before, I remember. I lost to the Kings. I guess it was the. It was the Panthers this year, too. It was the Panthers, yeah. yeah. But like, is this Colorado team the next big thing, or do they have to 
you know, there's that whole apocryphal story. I'm assuming it's apocryphal where Wayne Gretzky walked by the Islanders dressing room in 1983 and saw how exhausted they were after winning 16 straight playoff series. And, you know, oh my God, that's what it takes to win. And then, you know, that's when Wayne Gretzky's brain leveled up and he became a superstar and he knew how to win the champion, you know, all that hockey crap, you know, you, you wonder, is this, is, I think Colorado is going to skip that step because they didn't never got out of the second round until this year. Yeah. And now God, they're good. Yeah, and they're so, so young still, too, right? Like and they're built for long term. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Bohem Byram's like finally coming on. He's like their number five defenseman. He's just, He'd be a number one or two on almost any team right now. Yeah, no, it's, th- th- there's some people within the Blackhawks who are still like kicking themselves. Like it's, it was it was actually on uh, SiriusXM like a month ago. I don't even know if you mentioned this, but uh, Scotty Bowman was on there. And they were talking about Bowen Byram, and, and he talked about how he went out personally, went to go visit to watch him play, and how that's who he wanted. And, and he, you know, he he seemed upset the Blackhawks didn't pick him, but he said their their heart and their mind were all set on on picking a center regardless. But they're, well, they're, that's the thing. If it wasn't going to be Kirby Doc, it was going to be Alex Turcott, who's barely played in the NHL yet. Yeah, yeah, no, for, and that's so funny. Like I was talking to someone about this the other day too. It was about like Doc's, you know, like he's considered a bust in some ways already. But there's guys from that draft who haven't even touched the NHL or. Yeah. Um, Turcotte's played very little, but, but yeah, Byram's the one that because th- there's a thought that you know if you drafted someone other than Boquist and 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 and, and Doc that like they would align themselves a little bit differently in yeah. this rebuild and you know like who you have in place and um yeah I mean was, I mean Byram obviously has had his injuries and well it, it's interesting because you know when you, anytime you go back to a draft and you you know look in hindsight it's easy to say oh you should have picked this guy this guy you remember when the Bruins had three straight picks in the first round and. One of them was DeBrusque and the other two did nothing. And then like the guy next was like Matthew Barzell. And you go say, oh, if only they'd pick Barzell. But like, yeah. you know, the Blackhawks, well, the Blackhawks were never going to pick Trevor Zegras. Like yeah. Trevor's, you could say, oh, they could have picked Zegras or Matt Boldy. But those guys were not in the mix for the Blackhawks. They I, I think where, the, where fans' frustration should be with Blackhawks is that they align themselves with a certain type of player. Or, or they had certain thoughts on, you know, like they went into it with, like we want skilled defensemen. So you, you drafted Boquist and Mitchell and Bodan. Um, and Yoki Haru, in some ways, were undersized, and all those guys just the, the, the NHL doesn't turn that way. Sure, if you get a Makar or someone, now like they're that. drafting giants. Yeah, so like it's, I think that like you could have if they weren't so dead set on like thinking the game was evolving in this way that it, it wasn't necessarily evolving, you know. Like and, and now, like, you know, Kyle Davidson's talked about how they want not that they don't want skill, but there's other attributes that they're prioritizing when looking at players too. They, they can't just be skillful. They can't just be... They want a bunch of Brandon Hagel, so they traded Brandon Hagel to get maybe a Brandon Hagel? Yeah. I, <laughs> but a lot of that has to do with like the window too. No, right? I get it. I get it. I get all of it. But, you, but, look, but look at these Avalanche. Like, they're not going anywhere. Like Nathan no. McKinnon is on the... Next year is the last year of his you know sweetheart contract where... You know, he signed for long term at six point three million a year, and then exploded the next year. Yeah, kind of like Kucherov did. I mean, part of it is getting lucky like that. Like the Blackhawks signed Kane and Taze at the peak of their powers, basically. Sure. That that's why they got so overpaid. Not not even overpaid. That's what they were worth at the time. But you know, McKinnon's he's only twenty six years yeah, old, yeah. and Rantanen signed for three more years, and he's twenty five. Landeskog, who's been in the league since the eighteen thirties, is twenty nine years old. Yeah, and he signed for like I don't know several, at least five six more years, and then you look at the. They have a top pairing of Kale McCarr and Devon Taves locked up for a combined $13 million next year, which is outrageous. That McCarr deal with $9 million a year, he's a $13 million player. He is one of the three or four best players in hockey. Yeah. And they've got him signed, for, and he's 23. Devon Taves, who they got for two second-round picks. That's one of my favorite things is that Lou Lamorello won GM of the year the same offseason he traded Devon Taves yeah. for two second-round picks. 
Devon Taves is like a Norris candidate and like a number one defenseman on any team other than maybe Colorado and Tampa. Uh, and then, you know, Byron's still on his entry-level deal. I mean, this team is not going anywhere. And no. they still have no goaltending. Imagine if they had goaltending. Yeah, no, it's... It was... It, I heard her the other day that Fleury's number one choice is that he wanted to go to Colorado. Like, that was the yeah. place that he... He's like, you know, this is the number one destination. Colorado said we're fine. They didn't, <laughs> they, they, they didn't want to give up what they wanted. The Blackhawks wanted. Well, they didn't have a first-round pick to give up anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it, I, I guess he was set, like, he... He was all about, uh, yeah, trying to go there and winning a cup, and I think he saw that. And yeah, I wonder, I wonder, I, I wonder if he goes there this time. I mean, Darcy Kemper is a UFA. He's thirty-two years old. Yeah, he's maybe fine. Flurry goes for a cheap deal, and Flurry wants to play mercenary and yeah. just go chasing a cup. You could do a lot worse than Colorado, for sure. Yeah, but I'm, you know, I, I covered the Western Conference Final, and it was, it was, it was fun hockey. I mean, it was a sweep, but it was a fun. You know, those are two high-powered teams yeah. really going for it with. Both of them having kind of shaky goaltending, which is a lot more like Igor Shesterkin and Andre Vasilevsky are friggin' awesome. Yeah, yeah. But I'd much rather watch Mike Smith against Pavel Francouz because a lot can happen in those games. Um, but man, when you watch the speed, the skill, when you see the kind of power plays they tried out, like two things came to mind. One, this is how the Blackhawks used to look when they had Kane, Taves, Hosa, Sharp, and Keith or Seabrook on the top power play unit. And they were just so much better and faster and deeper than everybody else. It's funny because that power play didn't always. It was always bad. <laughs> the, the best teams there because always looking for the sneaky backdoor pass. They don't play straight forward. Um, and then the second thought I had was, holy shit, the Blackhawks are so far away from this. Like we watched eighty-two Blackhawks games this yeah. season, and when they were playing at their very best, it was a different sport yeah. than what Colorado is playing. Yeah. Like they are so far away. And I- and I guess this will kind of evolve into the, the Brinkett conversation we we wrote about the, this week. But it's it's how far are you? From I think it? people were confused. By the way, we did like a point counterpoint thing, and I had two people like reach out and like, "Why did you both write columns the same day that were different? Like, well, didn't you ever read the paper in like the eighties? Like, Come on, this is like a shtick." <laughs> I, we, we we talked about doing the same thing, but it was more of like you had a very hard take, and I was like, "Oh, I, th- I think this is what the Black Arc's going to do," but I don't know necessarily. Well, that's our yin and yang, right? It was I'm all like you know emotional and 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 and, and you know I, I can't can't be reasonable, and you're like all rational and logical. That's kind of, that's kind of our <laughs> stick. Well, mine was also that I think this is. Mine was I came more of it like this is what I believe the Blackhawks are going to do for well, yeah. everything, everything. I've oh, heard. I agree with you that they're going to do yeah, it. Yeah, I just yeah, think yeah. it's a really yeah. stupid idea. I and I, I I get it from you. I get it from what you're saying, but I also think that. There are a lot of factors. One, I don't know if you can tank with Debrinkin on your roster and, and Kane, and that's I think that's the challenge. I think I think you need to have one of those top three draft picks next year to have any chance of being successful ever again, or at least in this in window here. Of course, they can tank with those guys with one line and just nothing underneath it, and then goal. And you go and you sign like you know what what goalie? What what, what is their goaltending going to look like? Is it going to be Lankin and Dealey again? You can tank with that. Is it going to be some you know Peter Morazic like you said? You can tank with Peter Morazic. These are. Yeah, they're not I, going to be good next year. I, I the thing is, as bad as they were this year, they were still the sixth worst team. They need to be even worse than this. Yes, and and, and it, say McCabe gets better or, or Jones starts being better on the power play. Like I think there's don't start talking yourself into a playoff spot again. No, I'm, I'm talking to myself. <laughs> I'm talking the Blackhawks into being like the 26th worst team. Like that's like that's, that's bad. Yeah. That's worse. That's like the worst thing that could happen. Is yes. that they? So I think. The, the the question I asked the source today is like, are you worried that you guys might be too good to tank? Like, it, it, like I think that's and, and that's the story that Shane and I did the other day too. It's like, how do you start eliminating pieces if, if your goal is to be the worst team in the NHL? How do you how do you get there? Because right now, I don't I don't know if that's there. 
Again, and I know that's not how any fan wants to look at it. Well, I mean, honestly, it starts with probably buying out guys like Tyler Johnson and Jake McCabe, wouldn't it? And putting rookies in their spot. Like, that's the way. Like, get rid of the competent veterans. If that's what you're trying to do. If you're really trying to tank, what is Tyler Johnson doing? Tyler Johnson's a great guy, great teammate, good, versatile player. The hell is he doing on this team? He was brought in here because they thought they were going to be a playoff team. He doesn't want to be part of this, does he? I, I, at some point, I think the salaries matter too. Like they, there's a point where they, like especially if they trade Kane and Taves at the deadline next year, like you, there's gonna be probably close to the. Like, you gotta get to the floor, yeah. Yeah, like it, it's gonna get. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Like know. They're gonna be the ones trading for Marion Hosa's contract. I, I think they also see it as these are the people that are that give us these are the assets. You know, these are the guys that can give us draft picks or assets. And um, one, one I heard that there was a concern that. Um, one, they feel like they if they can if they want to trade to bring it, it's now because um, before the season, it's I guess you start losing the teams that might be interested in. But right now, if you can open up to a team that gives you a high draft pick, yeah. like that's a possibility. I think at the deadline, you, you have a shorter, smaller window. Um, I think there's also fear that whoever they want to trade it to, he may not he may not resign there. Or, or I think the Blackhawks are also scared that maybe. Maybe Dabrinka doesn't want to sign a long-term deal with the Blackhawks too. Like I, I think yeah. I don't know if the, a lot of the discussions have started he, yet, but he's I, he has seemed more bought in on the idea of this rebuild than most. Like he's, but he's like, also never been like one to be like. No, he's not a he's not a feather ruffler. So no, to speak. like I've never heard him say like, oh, this is I don't know how this is like he. I I don't know behind closed doors what what he's saying. But remember but, last year, like not nothing. like if I'm but if I'm him though, why would you why would you want to be with the Blackhawks? Your best year is Kane's going to be gone probably. You know, I get this question a lot from people, and there is still as bad as the Blackhawks are, and as bad as they're going to be, there is still this perception that the Blackhawks are a destination. Like if people have been asking, like why would a coach want to go to the Blackhawks? Why would a player? There is. Still this, whether it's true or not, I couldn't tell you. I don't live the life of a professional athlete. But being a Chicago Blackhawk is better off the ice than being most other teams. That's what I've heard over and over again, that that's the organization. For all the stuff we talk about Rocky Wirtz and all the stuff we talk about the culture of the team, that within the NHL, the blood they're an original six in a great city, and they treat everybody first class. You know, you you get all the all the perks and benefits of being a rich person being treated well like there's a perception of that i think i get it from a coach or or gm perspective i think for a player who's been there and still has never played in a real playoff game yeah like when you look at your prime that i I don't think the blackhawks are gonna make the playoffs anytime in the next three four years like i I just i i I doubt it i don't think they're but do the players think that way i mean think about all the ways that these guys were rationalizing this at the end of the season where like you know you you look around the league and sometimes turn it around real quick they all think that way none of them think it's gonna take five but i I think i think it's because i think in one way like Kane and Taves and all them believe in it. Then you trade a Hazel. It's like, oh, that's that sucks. Like, where's this going? And then if you trade to Brinkett, or, the veneer starts stripping away. Yeah, like you get rid of Kubalik and Strom. Like, I think the reality is going to begin to, to set in that how bad this is going to be. Like, I, I also don't think the I think the Seth Jones contract puts them in a really tough spot. That I'm not sure they're going to give two players ten million dollars basically over. Especially when the cap's flat for a little bit longer, I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, Gary Bettman said yesterday at the Stanley Cup final presser that they're probably two or three years away from the cap moving up the way it used to move up, even though they just had record revenue. Yeah, um, which you know that's probably about what we expected was two or three years out of COVID. But it seems like they've rebounded quicker than a lot of us thought they might. Uh, ratings are good; they're steady; they're back to pre-COVID levels, even though. You probably was hoping for a little bit more since they moved to ESPN. I think it's just, it's just paying back to escrow and all that. No, That's right, what yeah. it is. It's yeah. just, it's just, it's just, you know, it's a lot of make goods at this point. Yeah. 
Um, so it, it, you know, the cap's going to go up just a million here and there. And you know, the Blackhawks aren't going to be a cap team. It's not going to really affect them, which is weird to say that the Blackhawks won't be a cap team. I mean, that's and, and this comes back to the big kind of. If I think I think they're not going to be a cap team also because they want to have leverage during the season to, to take out on contracts. Yeah, sure. at the deadline and stuff. But what do you tell your fans? What do you tell if you trade Alex Dabrinkit and you're spending twenty million below the salary cap and just taking on shit contracts? There, there, there is a subset of the fan base that is savvy enough to understand why you're doing that. Yeah. There is a su- another subset of the fan base that accepts that you have to be bad for a while. But there's a good chunk of the fan base and be like, out of here. And that you know that's just the nature. But I think of the those fit. are also fans that will come back when they win. So like, they will. But what you know, this team has lost money. Yeah. The last couple of years. Well, and, and, and I think this goes. I mean, this I don't know what they do because it's their own fault. They're in this situation. You know, like I, I like it's the rebuild should be like three or four years in, and 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 yeah. Stan Bowman messed it up, and then oh, nobody's I mean, feeling bad for the. Well, Black no, no I'm just saying. Like, I mean, you look. At, I mean, Danny Wirtz is responsible for this too. Like, instead of taking away the keys from Stan Bowman, he gave him all the power, and yeah. and and he and he made things worse. Like, it, it's. There's Man, no I, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall in that Edmonton bubble when, according to everyone I've ever spoken to, like Stan Bowman just he he, he was like going a courting. He was wounding. Well, I heard him and Elvin were both like that. They, they and, just, and, they, and, and, but apparently, did like because you know you and I, Stan Bowman is not the most like he's perfectly nice guy you know usually, but he's not like the most like personable like. But apparently he's a political genius, like an office politics genius. Well, yeah, I mean he completely what, won over Danny Wirtz yeah. in that bubble. Well, I think it, I mean it's the same way they, they they would get the European free agents and stuff. Like yeah. I, I think he's a good use Carl Sales. He's a closer, man. Yeah, yeah. Like he can he can finish. So it's uh, like the yeah. I look back at like the, the you could have changed the trajectory if you didn't empower Stan Bowman or if you put another layer over him because it was. Um, is like it's it's strange to think that Stan Bowman thought of last year as kind of the go for it year, yeah. you know, and and it was a complete opposite. And what it's done is it's it set them further back, and it's um and and now you you do have to tear it down. So like I I get and we'll, we'll go to the Twitter questions, but someone was asking about why why they need to tear it down, basically, right? Like it's but I see I I think you know we, we we I think both of us have been advocating for like a true rebuild for a lineup, but you still need you need two things. You need something to sell, right? The Blackhawks had only like eighteen and a half thousand people per game. They did really well. I think Kane and Taves are there until the trade deadline. Well, that helps certainly. Yeah. If you have, but but if you trade Kane to uh, uh, and you let Strom walk, and they're clearly letting Strom walk, yeah, Patrick Kane's going to be like, it's not like Patrick Kane to mail it in. But if he was ever going to mail it in, I wouldn't blame him for mailing it in yeah. this year. If they take away all his buddies and all the guys he likes playing with, it's like a direct kick in the balls to the greatest player in franchise history. Like, how is he supposed to take that? Oh no! I, I think this is a guy who spent his whole career getting the second best center on the team, yeah, and having to make do with you know mediocre centers because they just assumed he would. And and, and at some point, no offense, you need Michael Hansis. God bless Michael Hansis. Remember his squirrel hair? That was the best. But at some point, you have to. If you're Patrick Kane, you have to say, you know what? Everything I do for this team, this team's not doing anything for me other than giving me a shit ton of money. Yeah, <laughs> well, and I, I think I think part of it's that this motivates him to. Drop is no movement clause, you know. Well, that, I think that's what they're trying to do, right? I, I think, I think they're they're trying to drive these guys out of town, and that's a hell of a way to like you know much of the uh, the the animosity towards Bill Wirtz, besides the cheapness and not putting guys was how they treated the stars, yeah. And they drove them out of town, and every great player got driven out of town. Freaking Pat Foley got driven out of town. Like, this is what they did, yeah. And it might be a smart hockey move to say we need to stare down at the studs 
I'm not sure I agree with that, but that might be. But the I thing. guess there's two but different sides. A, it, like once the hockey, you're gonna like, piss off your fans. So right. This is still a business. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. like if 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 the business side allows the hockey side to do this, then I think this is I think this is the path to future success or rebuilding. It, it's the tear it down completely, or it's the path to being the Buffalo Sabers, where you don't you just keep drafting high and go nowhere because it's really hard to draft superstars. Yeah, I, I, look at number. Th- we, we we keep talking, you know, I, but I, I, it sounds like next year's draft. I mean, from all oh, every, they said that about this year's draft last year. No, I think they, every time you get closer to the draft, like oh, then it's next year's draft. That's the great one. I think they're pointing to the, Alexis think, Lafreniere was going to be a generational talent. Capo Caco was going to be a fifty goal scorer. The Rangers made it to the conference final with I those think guys. Caco didn't, Caco didn't like emerge. He got scratched at the game. Seven. I know, but Capo Caco wasn't like it wasn't until like late in that process. I'm just even, two, a year and a half ago. Know, Shane but, Wright was god. No, now he's he not even not. the number one pick. No, he was not. That's that. Connor Bedard. I don't know. Maybe next year we're like, oh, he's all right. I believe the top three picks in next year are supposed to be pretty because they're 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 also guys who are producing a massive levels in junior. Like, yeah. At, I'm just saying, none of this is a guarantee. I know, but it. Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid. Those were the guarantees. But I, this is how you do it. Like, you look at all the teams. This is I understand that. But I'm just saying, well, well, I you just, have one already in Alex Dabrinkit. You have the, a guy in Alex Dabrinkit who's here, 24 years old and will still be – his game is not – But here's the opposite side. Like, if you keep Dabrinkit, like, when are you when are you good again? Like, if you, are you keeping – If you're good again in four years, he's 28. He's in the prime of his life. And his game will age well because he's not fast. But who, he's you, not who strong. are you building around and stuff? Like, there's got to be and, – well, and, and what if you don't take next year? Well, they're they're clearly tanking next year. That's beside the point. They are tanking next year. Yeah, and you can tank with Alex Dabrinkit. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm just saying you can draft in the top five over and over again. I you know I did a story a couple weeks ago about you know the pitfalls of putting too much faith in. But you can also draft well and be. Here, Colorado, I, I, I want right? I want to look it up again. The Islanders draft history. What but, an unbelievable stretch they had, where they had like a top five pick for for several straight years, and all of them: Michael Dal Cole, uh, Griffin Reinhardt. Ryan Strom, who did not pan out for them, and Nino Niederreiter, who did not pan out for them, you know that was what came after John Tavares, and they didn't do much of anything for until like Tavares' sixth or seventh year because of that. I, I just I don't know what else the path is. Like how do you, I don't how either. Do you, it's bad. My point is, it's bad. Yeah, I just I, I think I understand the path more of trading a Debrinket and, and Here, rebuilding than it is Debrinket's a sure thing. He is a proven commodity. He's a two-time forty-goal scorer who scored at a fifty-goal pace during the lockout season or the the COVID season. He's a proven commodity. I'm not saying that he's not a star. Like if they tr- the the best the single best offer they could get for Alex Dabrinkit would be if the Devils move the number two pick. There's a lot of talk that the Devils want to move the number two pick. Number two pick, great, awesome. This year you don't even know who the number two guy is. It could be Shane Wright, it could be Yuri uh, Slavkovsky, and it could be Logan Cooley. Yeah. There's so little certainty in those top three that you know you, you might be the one who gets the shitty one. Yeah, we've seen this with you know. Time and again, getting the number two pick is not a sure thing of anything. Look at Quinton Byfield. He's not playing much yet. And it's been like three or four yeah. years. And everyone but loves I, him. I, I'm also saying that I think the players next year are a different level than what you're talking about. Like I, I think that there are certain players that are projected differently than... I, there's I, Connor Bedard. If you can get Connor Bedard, absolutely. Yeah. But there's no... get. There's, you have well, an 18.5% chance. I think Fantilli and then the, the Russian kid or something. If they go 0-82 next year, they have an 18.5% chance of getting Connor Bedard. It's not a great tanking. Is not a great. But it's I'm not just, a sure I think thing. The top the three NFL. picks next year are so that what you'd be like. If you were the worst team next year, you'd be guaranteed one of the top three picks. It's really hard to be the worst team. <laughs> and, you, have, you have to get lucky to be the worst team because Arizona is going to be out there. Montreal is going to be and, out and, there. And all I'm saying is that I'm, my exercise is the how do you get to become the worst team, and that's I think part of that's you. The no, thing I, with the Brinkett. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Look, look, we all know that the Wurtzes are, you know, multi-billionaires and they have a lot of money, but they don't think of it that way. They're business people. And the Hawks are going to hemorrhage money if they are actively and grotesquely tanking. There is a certain level of, decorum you have to keep you can't go out there and have you know taylor radish as your best player you can't trade kane and to bring it and taves and be like whoopsie daisy like nobody's gonna buy tickets nobody's gonna watch them on tv remember they own a quarter of the tv station too yeah. like they're gonna fuck themselves here yeah they might do i, I just, can't I, curse as loud because we're in my house and my kids are here i i just i don't i don't think what you're saying Makes the Blackhawks good again. I think you're, you're in the same spot every year. Maybe you sell tickets. Maybe you sell tickets, but you're never successful. I don't. I don't think that that second, that number two pick overall in this year's draft is going to be the difference. Well, Alex no. Dabrinkit is a sure thing. That number two pick could be anything. Yeah, but I, I guess and when likely you, like when ninety five percent chance when the that number two pick is not again, as good as Alex Dabrinkit. Twenty eight, twenty nine years 28. old. Twenty eight. Maybe. Look 28. at Steven Stamkos right now. He's a goal scorer, right? That's what. That's what uh, Alex Dabrinkit is. And he's in his mid-30s, and he's awesome this year. And he broke his leg like 15 different times. Yeah, but he's also like built for that team. Like it's, it's, I don't think you can, I don't see how you can build a team. What are the odds that if you get the number two pick in this year's draft, and that's what the Blackhawks are going to be trying for if they trade Alex Dabrinkit. They're going to try to get that, that, that kind of a pick. What are the odds that player becomes as good as Alex Dabrinkit is? Virtually nil. Well, I don't know if that is true. Virtually nil. I don't think that's true. So either. few you're making, players you're get to that. These level. things that are in our absolutes, like you, you keep on saying that, like usually if you have a top five pick, more often than not, that you, you get something that's pretty good. Pretty good. You get like a twenty goal scorer. If you get a top three pick, look, in the draft go here. back in the draft history. It's harrowing, man. You look after the. You look at I what guess top five you need picks to are trust worth. Who you're like, who your team is. This right? year could be a Neil Yakupov year. Yeah, I don't know. I, it sounds like I, I don't know. It, I don't think what you're saying creates a success, successful team again. Like, I just don't think it... I don't think trading the, Alex Zabrinkit brings you enough back that's going to make a difference. And it's not going to be as good as Alex Zabrinkit. It's just not. You're going to get another fucking bottom sixer. They have 352 bottom sixers. Bottom and you're going to get a high draft pick, which is just a lottery ticket. Alex Zabrinkit is 24. He's 24. He's a child. He is a child. And he wants to be here. He likes it here, and he's really good. Okay, sorry, you, you resign Alex Debrinket. How do you get? He's, good a, again? he's your centerpiece. You build around him. You build a team. You find guys that can get him the puck. You draft guys when you have those high picks, and they still will have a high pick next year. And they have you know late to first round rounders from the Tampa the next two years, and they'll have another high pick the next year because they're going to suck again the year after that. You start drafting the pieces that will make Alex Debrinket the centerpiece, just like Patrick Kane was the centerpiece. He's a guy you can build around. You have to build around somebody. Look at all the teams in the final four. 
Colorado has McKinnon, has McCarr, has Taves, has uh, Rantanen, has all these star players. Edmonton has McDavid and Dreisaitl, Evander Kane. Tampa has Hedman and Stamkos and Kucherov. The Rangers have Panarin, Shesterkin. You need superstars. The one thing Stan Bowman was always right about, you need stars. Yeah. Give me the stars and I'll figure out the rest. I also Alex Dabrinkit is a star. I also think if you draft well that you can position yourself to get a star as a free agent at 28, 29 years old when you're... And you'll overpay for him. And you're going to probably be overpaying for Alex Dabrinkit <laughs> at that point too, right? I mean, if you're paying $10 million, I mean, that's... I guess that's the He's thing. a $10 million player. In free agency, he'd but get a But you also have another $10 million player. So I, I think that's that's the challenge is that you already have Jones and Dabrinkit. Like, I, I don't... I, I think... You got you got your number one winger and you got your number one defenseman. Get a goalie, get a center, and you start building your team. Yeah, you draft I, one each. Yeah, I don't. I, I think it's 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 hard to do. Or, or it's of course really hard to I do. I know, but I just I, I guess I just understand that because their their prospect pool is so depleted that like it, it's it's all it's but, bad, man. It's bleak. I get it. Yeah, I. I but I don't think that. Whatever you get for Dabrinkit, you're not going to get a Herschel Walker trade. You're not going to get the uh, Eric Lindros trade. You're not going to get so many pieces for Alex Dabrinkit that it solves all your problems. I would rather have the sure thing of Dabrinkit at 27, 28, 29 years old than the lottery ticket you're going to get. And yes, the bottom sixers that come with them. You're not going to get fair market value. You're just not. And I, I guess that's I, I guess that's how they're looking at it too. Is they probably understand that, that if you trade them, down, you're probably not going to get exactly what it's worth. But, Look, but it's also like it's 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 having because ultimately you have to bring it for the next two or three years, and there's probably like he's going to be playing with shit like too, right? Like yeah. it, I I don't I don't know if they're like there's the Blackhawks are seeing the upside to that, or I don't know. The, 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 this is. You know, we're arguing over this, but it's I, almost... I feel like you put me on this other side. Well, no, no, like, no, no. Like, 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 it became unfair because all of a sudden, like, you made it like it was that I'm defending this. No, I, 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 I'm, I am, I am arguing against the Blackhawks here because the Blackhawks are trying to trade Alice to bring it. Yeah, and my point is, you're gonna suck either way, and your chances of getting back into contention are are long either way. Like, it's really hard to get back there. All, most teams never get there. They just kind of hover in the middle, and the best you could hope for is being like the seven seed, and you're the Dallas Stars, and maybe you make a run in the playoffs. But the, the, the odds are astronomical of getting back to contention with the way things are set up for the Blackhawks right now either way. I'd rather hold on to the short thing, the marketable thing, that stuff does matter, than get so bad that nobody wants to watch your team, and you're still probably not going to get a player who's as good as Alex Dabrinkit. No matter what they get for Alex Dabrinkit, odds are it will not amount to another Alex Dabrinkit. And he's 24 years old. That's it, all. That's my point. I, he keep on saying 24, but he's not 24 when this rebuild, like, the games matter again. Like, I, 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 Is 20, are we at a point now where 28 is old? 28, 29 is old. Patrick yeah. Kane like, was, like, like 27 when they won the It technically ends, I think, when you're 27 or something. Like, it, it's for God, most What does that say for us? <laughs> in our early 40s. Yeah, I, I, the prime is usually, Start like... It, coffin shopping. Brinkett's in his prime right now. It's, um, yeah, I mean, the extraordinary players succeed, and but there's also guys like Sharp and stuff that fall off, right? Like, it's... But he didn't start falling off until he was, like, 33, 34 years old. Yeah, so it's it's if if you're good again when Debrink it's 29 years old, you know, like where then you still get four or five really good you're also, 40 goal seasons. I guess the other thing is that you you you're talking about a third contract almost with them too. Like it's yeah. so I, I think yeah, I don't know. I, I think spend money to make money, baby. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I guess the other thing is that are Jones the Brink at Cannon Taves, you know, like are are they are they elite enough that you're that's the type of money that's going to win you. 
Like if, if knowing that you're going to spend only that. Well, much I think money Taves. On, I I can't imagine. Like as hard as it is to imagine, I don't think Taves is going to be here. Well, no, I'm just saying. Like are, are like you're you're not going to get many ten million dollar players. So like if you're if you're banking on that, then Jones and DeBrink could have to be your best players by far. Like they have to be the elite players that elevate you far enough. Well, I mean the Jones contract we've talked about it was. He's a very good player. Like, this is not meant to besmirch Seth Jones. He's not what this team needed. No, and he's not probably worth $10 million. No, no. or 9-5. Yeah, 9-5. Yeah, I mean, at his age, you want to talk, like, he is not, he is just starting that contract at the oh, age Oh, for we're sure. No, I mean, that's, it. like, I, And I, defensemen I, don't age as well. I, as, I think this conversation is completely different if Jones isn't in place. Yeah. Because... If Boquist is there instead, just as another one of those young defensemen. Yeah, or just, yeah, or, I, I, or that contract's not there. Like, like, they need a number one defenseman, and Seth Jones is they, a number one They go one into defenseman. a rebuild and having... Two guys at ten million dollars isn't ideal. Like it's not. Nothing, nothing's going to be ideal with this going forward. No, That's but it, I, I think they're trying to figure out what's how this looks in in five six years and how you know financially how do you set yourself up? Like if you do draft well and all of a sudden you have guys because uh, probably whoever you draft next year, like it's probably not until their second contract that they might be good again. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're talking you're, you're talking second contracts for players, second contracts for Reichel, and second contracts for. Um, these players too, so I think it's a lot of projection. It's too. sad that you say Reichel, then you just run out of names. <laughs> That's a sign of how bad things yeah, are. I, mean, I guess it's third contract for Doc, right? Like if Doc hits for, if Doc becomes a player that they hope he is, I, I think it's more of they also see that paying DeBrinket nine, nine half, ten million, whatever it is. I, I think there's limitations to what the cap becomes too. You know, I, I think they're, I, I don't know. I, I guess. Well, by the time they're good again, the cap's going to be ideally in the nineties, though ninety million something. Yeah, maybe because the, the you know they'll they'll have, you know gotten through the COVID dip. Yeah, no, for sure. No. So, te- so if you if, and that's always the idea, like that when you sign uh, a Nathan McKinnon to or, or a Nikita Kucherov to an eight point four million dollar contract or whatever, that contract when you're still good at the end of it starts looking even better. You know, the, if the player ages poorly, it looks bad. But if you've got a guy young like McDavid is signed for like what five more years at that twelve and a half million dollar contract, four or five more years. That's going to be the steal of the century in four years because he's still going to be the best player in the world. Yeah. So getting these guys young on the long-term contracts, that's the way to success. Signing them to the big contracts when they're 28 years old, that's when you run into the problems. That's when you get your Drew Doughty deals, your Brent Burns deals. So if the Brinkett signs his extension, so what he's what, it'll be what, 33 when his contract's over? Yes. So that's when he's out. Then, then he's that, where that's Kane's where you probably walk away from him. Yeah, that's where that's where you are with Patrick Kane right now. He's thirty three years old and he's still great. Yeah, but and he's, he's also, still he's worth also, he's also another do another contract. Yes, but he's fully worth ten and a half million dollars. Is my point. But if you if you invest another six years in the Patrick Kane, like there's probably you know like well that's the big question is if you keep Patrick Kane and you sign him to like a three or four year deal like Kane's Kane he's another player whose game will age well. I think we all believe that because he's again. Not a guy built on speed or power. It's the guys built on speed and power that fall off. Yeah. The guys that are just brilliant and think the game differently and 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 and. and but for Kane to succeed, like he needs to play with a Debrinket type, or he needs to play with someone that does he though. Him. Look at again. Go back to Michael Hanzus. He won a. But he, he but he's not the same. Like Kane's not the same player he was with Michael Hanzus. Like he's a different. He's he's as good as he's ever been. I firmly believe. Like he was dealing with some injuries last year, and he still almost had hundred points this year. I, I I know. But I also don't know if those injuries ever cure themselves. Like I, at yeah, some point, like it, it, Father Time is going to catch up in some ways. But, but again, I, 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 I don't think know that if he succeeds. Patrick. I think that he needs an offensive player to play with. Like you can't put him with. Well, no, he becomes an eighty-five point player if he's you know stranded on an island by himself, basically, and that's the difference. 
He's been that guy. I don't. I think that's when he's with Panarin. He was the MVP. Yeah, I just I, I think that as his as he gets older too, that his mind will always still be there, and there's certain parts, but he still needs to play with someone that's gonna like he puts people in position to score, right? Like yeah. you need someone. Yeah. And there, I, I understand this team. There's Strom, Debrinket. Well, maybe he makes Reichel that guy. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe Lucas Reichel becomes a much better center because he's playing with Patrick Kane yeah, the first few years. Yeah. Like these are things you have to consider. Like it's not just get rid of everybody and start over. You have to like develop these players. And if you have good young talented players playing with shitty players, they don't become as good as they can be. Patrick Kane can draw greatness out of you. Look what he's done with Dylan Strom the second half here. He can draw. I the guess. Greatness I, out I of guess you. if you the Brink, I don't know if you can keep the Brinkett and Kane. Right? I don't know if you can either. But I'm saying. You know, maybe I don't. I don't. I don't know if Dubrincic is the kind of player that can make another player great because we haven't. He hasn't been put in that position where he needs to. But you need one of them. You need Dubrincic or you need Kane. You need someone to bring the players along. You can't just draft guys, throw them in there with a bunch of bottom sixers, and expect them to become great. Someone's got to be the Pied Piper there. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to be. It's not going to be Kirby Doc. Yeah, I, but it may be. I, I guess I, I don't know if I'm convinced that it's going to be either one of them. I just I don't. I I, I I don't expect it to be. Yeah. I think it's a mistake is my point. Yeah. yeah. I fully expect to bring it to be traded. Yeah. And I, I expect draft weekend to be at, remember the one where they traded uh, both Jalmerson and Panarin on the same morning? I'm bracing for that kind of time. Everyone's like, we're going to Montreal. We're going to get drunk and it's going to be fun. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be working so hard the time we're in Montreal because the Blackhawks are going to trade every star player they have. That's what I'm worried about. Rip the band-aid off, though. I'd rather than do that than drag this out. I, I think they. Trade- I don't want to have this conversation with you every week for the next forty-five no, I, weeks. I, I, I don't think they're trading Kane or Taves this year. I, I think. I think the only way that they can trade either one of them is they need to eat half of their. Like, there's not there's not teams that can afford either one of those players. Like, there's very few teams that well, can afford I mean, ten million, ten and a half. Million well, they, they can afford five point two five though, and the Hawks oh, right, can eat for it. Sure. Yeah. The Hawks can happily eat it. They have right. they, that they are in a great position to move those guys if someone wants them because they can eat half the yeah. stuff. I just, they can I, also be laundered through a third team. There's ways to do it. Well, I know. I just I, I don't. I guess I'm not expecting it. I, I think a team that they, it's going to come in to do this. They want Kane and Taves at the trade deadline. I don't. Know yeah. No. I, I think that's. I think that's what other teams would want to do. But I think the Hawks, if they can move them at the at the draft, they will. Yeah, they are, they are in very aggressive teardown mode right now. Oh, for sure. I, I yeah, I, just, I, I I'm anticipating this happening at the deadline. Yeah, right? and for the for the record, I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling at the Blackhawks. It's true. Um, like you're yelling at me. <laughs> and now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream Directv satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on Directv with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on Directv makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. Directv has the most MLB games. Visit Directv.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by code and package high-speed internet service required terms and restrictions apply let's get into some twitter questions paul newman who is a cricket reporter in england uh he's, he's been a regular follower for a while for the daily mail i love this question because it's a very american thing tanking i am an english supporter of blackhawks and i am struggling to understand the concept of being as bad as possible next season how can they sell that to fans and players if they tried to hear in the premier league there would be uproar this is why we need relegation if there was relegation you would not have tanking. well no one would ever buy a franchise if there was relegation. i understand that yeah but it sounds really fun to a non-soccer fan. That's like the one thing I love about yeah. soccer is the idea that you could get kicked out of the league for sucking. Yeah. No, it's uh, – and that's everyone's like, U.S. soccer needs relegation. It's never going to happen with – you know, like the, think, how much money is spent on these franchises now? Like it just – I think one of the worst things that ever happened to pro sports was the Cubs winning the World Series. And I know that was a big day for you and I apologize. But they tanked so hard 
Like they ripped it down to the studs and it really, really worked. And now that's like the model. The model is. I don't know if they said that model though. Like they're. they're but, tank- but, but they were like the highest profile like success story of tanking. Yeah. But the, I mean it's been like the Blackhawks were basically that too, right? But the Blackhawks weren't like tanking for the sake of being good. They were tanking because they were cheap asses. <laughs> like they were just bad. Yeah. Like there's a difference. Like the Oilers tanked to get Connor McDavid. Yeah. It kind of worked. But they haven't done anything yet. You know, the Buffalo Sabres were trying to tank for Connor McDavid. They got Jack Eichel. Didn't work out great for them. So I think it's the, harder to do it in baseball now too because the uh, people don't give up the same amount of right like, pieces for. But I mean, trade. the White Sox built a good team. I mean, they're not playing very well right now. But yeah. by they 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 had the cover of they were able to say, "Look at what these guys did," <laughs> yeah. and everyone in Chicago was like, "Yes, do that." And White Sox fans were like, "Yeah, trade everybody," because the Cubs did it and it worked. It usually doesn't work. This is what I keep saying: is tanking is hardly a sure thing. I don't, I, but I also see like how teams are built. Like you look at. Where Colorado's drafted all their players. Well, but they got Bo and Byram because of a trade where they traded the Matt Duchesne deal. Like, you you got to get lucky. He was the number four pick. Yeah. But, but I mean... Like, like, you have to have a team like the Blackhawks take Kirby Doc over car, it, If they had Kirby Doc right now, it would look different than if they had Bo and Byram. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's also... It's luck. But it's... I, I don't know. Like, it's always bad drafting. But the draft is... But this is my point. Like, is the draft not, is so much it, luck. It's not completely... Like, you make it sound like you're just not... It's a such a crapshoot. I feel like... I feel like this is making this shit up half the time. <laughs> but, like, like, you look at Alex the Brink kid. Like, the, there are models and stuff that... There's certain people that do models and stuff that project players. Like... DeBrinkin was seen as a no doubt player, like analytically, but the hockey minds couldn't right. get over the thought that this kid was too Five small. Five seven, yeah. There are ways to project players. Like if you trust your system and you like some of it, you need some quantity, and the Blackhawks are building some quantity. Like it's not completely luck. I mean, the, the Blackhawks drafted well to get to where they were. You know, like it was uh, it, all first round picks and 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 Seabrook and. And Kane and Taves. Crawford. And, I mean, they hit on so many. Yeah, like, like for sure. But I guess when I look at how Tampa was built and I look at how... Uh, Stamkos, Kucherov was a high draft pick. Yeah, like, I, it's... it's. I mean, ultimately, a lot of players, a lot of star like, players... Like, there aren't as many star players that are end up being second-round picks as Alex Like, we, we, we gave Stan Bowman a lot of shit for just taking anyone who was a top-ten pick. And tried Seidel, McDavid. Like, all yeah. these guys were... You know, but, like, 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 we, we get... we get, not a complete crap. Bowman wasn't wrong in that, like, if you look at the teams that are good, they're almost... All, it's like... They're seventy percent first round picks. Yeah. So I, but you have to hit on so many of them because a lot of teams have a lot of first round picks, and they're just okay. That's well, the, the Blackhawks also stopped drafting when they stopped developing. So yes. like it was, I mean, Jarmelson and Keith, all those guys came through the AHL, right? And, and I mean, even like they've done a poor job drafting. They've done a poor job developing. You know, like, like Saad was a second round pick. Yeah, Saad and Debrinket are the two second rounders. They got that really made a difference. Well, but before Keith, that, Keith, Keith yeah, was, yeah. yeah. But so yeah, it's I, I don't know. Like I feel like there's a like you need the like all like Kyle Davidson needs to be the right person. Mike Donahue needs to be yeah. the right person. Like like if you yes, trust, be lucky. <laughs> but it's not like it's not like. Well, I mean, it, there's there's luck. The in black, that. the black, like the, the, I don't think the Blackhawks were unlucky in who in Boquist or Bodan or Yoki Haro not panning out to who what they projected. I think it was. They're they just picked the wrong players. They 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 they, they began prioritizing the wrong type of player. Like yeah. it's not complete luck. I mean, no, it, it's not complete luck. But I'm just saying there there is there is no sure thing in the NHL draft ever, uh, unless it's Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby, right? But but that's what these guys next year are going to be compared to. Like it's it's guys that are producing like killing a junior as six. So was Alexis Lafreniere, and he's. 
response. I don't think Lafreniere was at that level. He was supposed to be. I heard the word generational with him. Right. Several well, times. I'll go back and look because you've thrown out a lot of things that I'm going to start poking holes in <laughs> later today. Because I, I, this is the beauty of podcasting because I don't have to have evidence for it. Yeah, I, I, but to Paul Newman, I just want to say. Because fans think it's the way out. We're not British. Like, you can sell this to fans because fans think it's the way out. I, I was excited today because I, I'm going to London in August and the Premier League schedule came out today so I could start picking out what games I want to go to. So You're going to London instead of Dublin? I am going to. I, I, I am, yes. I, I, I do love my Premier League. And unfortunately, Dublin <laughs> does not have a Premier League team, so... All right. Um, Maybe I'll spend my days in London nights. And, and yeah, we we were in Mexico, uh, my wife and I, for a few days uh, a few weeks ago, and there was a game at that big stadium they have, and we were like, "Should we go to that?" We we went to Lucha Libre Wrestling instead. It was awesome. <laughs> you, you mentioned Bill Words earlier, and, and it's uh, a story. It's a story I'm working on right now. But I was watching a video this morning on YouTube of an old clip, and I think there were national broadcasters, but the, someone had scored a hat trick in the first period, and. Uh, and the line by the broadcaster is like, Bill Ward says, put those, those hats back on the market so you can, <laughs> you can try to sell them at the end of the game again. He was a piece of... It's funny because he's like one of the most important people in hockey history yeah. in, in some ways. And he's also like the most reviled. Yeah. Interest, he's a very interesting person in hockey history. So we got a lot of questions about the, uh, the coaching situation, which kind of gets lost in the shuffle here. Uh, Pedro, I want to say Lanza uh, from Portugal, says... Uh, Whoever coaches next year, especially if it's King, will be a tank commander. I love that term, tank commander. I'm going to use that instead of head coach. Uh, slash player developer like David Quinn was in New York, uh, who then gives up the place to a winning coach. And I, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we're looking at here, right? Like, whoever is the coach of the Blackhawks next year is very unlikely to be the coach of the Blackhawks when they make that leap. Just like Rick Renteria gave way to Joe Madden and Dennis Savard gave way to Joel Quenville. That's kind of how this works. And I think anyone who takes this job probably understands that. There's just only 32 jobs out there, so it's still a yeah. primo gig. I think it's a, a Blashill in Detroit. And, yeah. He got um, a long leash in Detroit. Like yeah. It took forever to fire him. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I would assume so. I mean, I think what you're asking a coach to be now is not to win too many games. And, yeah. Um, Which is a hell of a thing to tell to a coach. Yeah. And, and But I, I guess it's 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 like... It's that, it's that coach going... Like, I, I think Garrett King gets it completely... like. I still wouldn't be surprised if it was Derek King because I think he grasped what they're doing and he, and he's he's okay with it. I, I think most coaches can say that they're okay with it, but to manage that during the season, you know, if, if they're you know like they need to win under they need to win less than they did last season. That that's under forty percent. Yeah. They they won over forty percent last year and it felt like they were losing all the time. So I, I think it's it's a coach has to prepare for that and yeah, I, there's probably attributes we're looking for in developmental and other things. Um, I also, I, I, like, even now, like, I, I thought Reichel was going to be in NHL next year. I don't know. One, I don't know if he's ready completely. Two, I, I think the Blackhawks are really concerned about how toxic that could, could become. Well, Patrick Kane's talked about that a lot, right? The losing mentality that the players have had since they've come up. And I think, you know, especially if Taves and Kane are, you know. If they're I, miserable. Yeah. yeah like, it, it, it's not going to be fun. Like, even now, like, I, I think Soderblom, I think the Blackhawks think Soderblom could be, like, a number one or number two goal in the NHL. I don't know if they want to promote him next year because... Knowing that the team could be bad and too, like it's yeah, the it's, confidence player. You're yeah, take like being the, I don't know. Team. So I could see Soderblom, Black, and Rockford. I I think that's a concern, but yeah, I think the head coach is uh, very much. You know, the, and the, we we do expect the coach to be coming in the coming weeks. It'll, it'll definitely happen before the draft. I would say mm-hmm. uh, maybe even earlier, maybe in the next. Yeah, year, I, I heard that they started weeks. interviews last week. And you know some of the names that have come out that some I think Sarah Valley reported uh, Brad Shaw in Vancouver. Like that's the kind of name I think you, you, they're not going to get Barry Trotz. They're not going to get, obviously, Bruce Cassidy already got a job in Vegas. 
that's not the kind of job they're the kind of coach they're looking for. They're I don't not, know. If, I don't know if the Blackhawks. Thank are God, interested. it's not going to be John Tortorella. Yeah. I don't know if the Blackhawks are interested in Cassidy, but someone told me that who knew Cassidy said Cassidy had no interest in being involved in the Blackhawks and what they were doing over there. If you're a proven winner in the NHL, this yeah. is not the job for you. Like yeah. I said, it's still a primo destination and a franchise and a city you want to play for. And there's only but if you're, jobs, yeah, if you're if you're but a this is the kind of job you want if you're that sub tier, that assistant, that Kirk Muller yeah. type. Looking in four or five years, it'll be a desirable job yeah. again for those yeah. type of coaches. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Allen Cabey, uh, nice try, not touching that one. Um, what else do we got here? Head coach, head coach, head coach. What's the right way to build a roster? Well, we've been yelling about that for a half hour. Coaching search. Uh, uh, the, after the cancellation of the tw- – this is uh, Corey Well, here's Seckles. the thing. Like, if, if, if drafting's a crapshoot, like, then the quantity of picks probably matters too, right? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. No, that's, that's the argument. That's the, that's the argument I, I understand. And they did, and that's like you know I didn't like them trading Hagel because that's a good young player with a great contract. But all right, you get two first round picks and two players out of him. All right, you make that trade. I and Hagel won't be on that same contract. Yet, no, coming out of that. No, and he, you know, you look at him on a, on a good team like Tampa, and he's a he's a perfectly fine complimentary player. He's not for a, Tampa. He they were never going to get a player that caliber for that cheap. Right. Yeah. No. That's that's the kind of trade I can I can understand. Hagel was never going to be a superstar. He was just like he was a good identity piece, as they yeah. say. Uh, Corey Sechrist asks, after the cancellation of the 2020 Blackhawks convention, is there any effort currently underway to resume hosting the convention this year or at all? I have heard nothing about a convention coming back. I think that a convention is the kind of thing you do when your team is good. Frankly. Or you're not going to yell that maybe. Yeah. COVID was a good reason to stop it. And now you're like, what, what is the convention going to look like? It's going to be people asking the questions that we're asking here and making players and, and, and the GM feel very uncomfortable. Like, well, the, I think you're going to see they, much more they, controlled environments. Well, I think we started seeing the control environment after... John McDonough took or over the question was asked about the uh, the ice girls. Remember that? Yeah. Ever, ever since then, they, they began like you had to you had to like before they allowed people to just walk up to the mic and ask a question and anything could come out of their mouth. Yeah. And then they started screening uh, them a little bit. Yeah. Well, you had to write down the question and then someone else would read the question. So obviously, <laughs> a lot of the questions that probably had significance. Oh, that was that was our first year on the beat. Remember, I started complaining about the uh, the stripper song they were playing yeah. for the. They always had the third shooter to shoot the puck. Was always a beautiful woman in high heels. And then uh, Frank Pelico would play the stripper song. Yeah. That's good times. Good times. Um, yeah. Craig Morgan, our good friend Craig Morgan in Arizona, wants to ask, why was Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness not as good as you think it was? It was good. It was good, Craig. Not everything has to be the world is ending. It was a good, interesting movie. It introduced a new character. It made Wanda compelling. I got no problem with it. I didn't see the movie, Craig. You don't ever see movies, do you? I did see movies. Have you seen Top Gun Maverick? No. Holy shit! Top Gun Maverick was so good. Like, you have to go, you have to sit, right? I'm not usually, I always sit in the back right corner so I can check my phone in case an important thing happens while I'm there. But I sat in the middle. I was in Denver during the the conference final. In the middle, IMAX screen. Like, my brain melted. It was so good. It was funny unintentionally. It was funny ironically. It was good intentionally. It was good unironically. It was amazing. Go see Top Gun Maverick. Like it's amazing. I can't. I can't believe they made a good Top Gun sequel. It was the. It's like the most unlikely thing that's ever happened. So, um, anything else? I was trying to think what I just saw. I, just, I, I saw the uh, HBO series. Uh, uh, we own on these streets. Oh, that's on my list. Yeah, that's that good. good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right, that's good. Um, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're not watching Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. Not watching Ms. Marvel. These aren't my kids. Aren't into this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they're too young. Yeah. I got the, my kids are six and ten. They're like right in that sweet yeah, spot. No, and also, I'm like perpetually one and four, so we're not there. Yet, I love so. Star Wars and I love Marvel. I listen to the podcasts about these shows. Like I'm a total nerd about stuff. Yeah. It's great. Uh, that's like you know you know how everyone has like their own like like you, some people watch The Bachelor or like you know 
Love Island or whatever the hell they're watching. Yeah. Like that's my trash is like 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 podcasts like recapping and analyzing individual Star Wars shows like the Ringerverse stuff like that. Like I yeah. listen to so many of that stuff. Yeah. Like that's how I turn my brain off. I love it. Can't get enough. Of it. I listen to Irish podcasts and. Uh... There's one called the Blind Boy Podcast. How do you understand Irish podcasts? It's like another language. <laughs> they don't speak in Irish. They speak in... <laughs> yeah, but they speak in that accent. I can't understand what's going on. I need a close captioning on for that. <laughs> yeah. I've gotten used to it. But, um, I listen to the Daily now all the time, too. And that I figure, like, just, Look at you, company, man. Just It triggers me every day is all it does. <laughs> like, it, just, it just angers me about whatever's going on in, in politics. Yeah, see, that, that's why I listen to the, 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 the Fantasy World podcast, where I just, like, I can pretend that the real world isn't happening. Yeah. No, I highly recommend it. Yeah, that's what I need, probably. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's enough for now. That was a good one. Uh, Scott, thanks for coming down all the way to Indiana. Yeah, we're going to play some tennis now. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I'm curious to see how you play. I I, I'm not, I've, I've taken three lessons. and I'm like okay. Like I, I played in like middle school, but that's when I peaked. But I've kind of kept it up. and you know, we'll, we'll see. I'll try to run you around a little bit. Uh, anyway, until next time, we'll probably talk just shortly before the draft, I would think, in a couple of weeks. And then we'll have one after the draft, and then we'll probably disappear for most of August. We'll yeah. have an after free agency. So we've got a few more episodes. This I'll be summer. in London. So. Uh, yeah, well, you know, the, the internet exists. <laughs> <laughs> We're usually remote when we do this. Uh, anyway, until next time, uh, I'm Mark Lazarus, and that's Scott Powers, and this is Lazarus Powers. And I know that I can fix it. I can help even just a little bit. Won't you let me try? As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.